everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called The Breakout. It's not a repeat. It's not finally not a repeat. I wish we had an ad for apostrophe so that I could say, speaking of breakouts, my chin acne has been horrible. Thanks, apostrophe, for saving my skin. But we don't. That is yeah. the crime that we yeah. don't have apostrophe this episode. Ugh. But this is a very different kind of dateline because there's no murder. My favorite. Thumbs up for no murder. It's the best. No murder who dis. I love it. New year, new. D- it's June. I don't know. This episode aired on June 11th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Season 29, episode 48. Still don't know how that's possible. It's only 52 weeks in a year. I don't really understand. Hosted by Andrea Canning, our queen. First of all, I want to say two things. You know, some weeks when the moan is more pronounced than others. This week, it really was pronounced. I really heard the moan. And then some weeks, I don't even notice it. Secondly, Toby, if you're listening, please don't. I can't promise everything we're going to say is going to be kind. I think Toby's heard it all. I feel like she has. And one of us will be okay. (laughs) So I wouldn't worry too much. You might be surprised. Yeah, I don't think I will be. I'm pretty sure we line up on this, but I didn't notice the moan at all. That's so funny. I think the moan is there if you want it. It's subjective. I think it's when you need it, the moan is there. It's the mirror from Harry Potter, and it shows, it reflects to you your what you... I didn't need the moan this week. And I needed it, I guess. There we go. Wow, this is better than a horoscope. Do you hear the moan <laughs> or not? We don't know exactly what it means yet, though, so let's not say that much. So we start out on a Tennessee highway. U.S. Marshals and state troopers have found the truck that they're looking for. She was sitting in the passenger seat. 48-year-old mother of two, Toby Young. Her family, back in Kansas, was praying for her safe return. Kansas and Tennessee are close to each other? I didn't really understand that part. Yes, yes. Okay. Enough. Enough. The man at the wheel is convicted killer, armed and dangerous. And it was a fitting climax to a wild, improbable story that blurred the lines between duty and desire. A story about breaking out of prisons, both real and imagined. Oh, boy. I'm not excited about the climax and the desire part. I am. (laughs) We've totally switched roles. That's what the moan says. No, I didn't hear the moan, so I was looking for it in the episode. You'd already heard the moan. You were done. That is exactly it. We We figured it out, Dateline. Two weeks earlier, an alarm had gone off at the Lansing Correctional Facility. The warden, David McCune, all I can think about with the warden is the warden from Arrested Development, James Lipton, who has a screenplay that he really wants Job to read. And then he helps Job break into prison and the break out of prison. It's a whole thing. Is Lansing one of the prisons in, what's the show, Locked Up? Is that, what's the show where they go in undercover? Nope, undercover. 60 Days In. That's the one. Is Lansing one of those prisons? I don't think so. The name sounded familiar to me. And I don't know anybody in Kansas. Aren't they in Lansing on Roseanne? No, no. But I've never seen Roseanne. What? You weren't allowed to. It was crass. And ironic because some people thought this lady Toby bore a resemblance and shared a cadence with Roseanne Barr. I don't see it. The current Roseanne Barr, I should say. I don't see it. Okay. You don't never watch the show, so I don't really trust you. But I've seen her in a bunch of stuff, and I've watched her in recent stuff. So not at all. Okay. Did you see it? Yeah. When the person said it, I said, that's that's it. Weird. Okay. The way she spoke, mostly. 
So the warden hears an alarm saying that an inmate escaped. John Maynard, 27 years old, in jail for life for a carjacking that went fatal when he was 17. He didn't actually shoot the person, but he was part of the carjacking. He's a classic bow. He's a bag of wieners in what we see briefly of him at 17. Long red hair, giving gingers everywhere a bad name. Luxurious hair. Shiny. It was shiny. I mean, it was pros. Do we have a pros ad? No. (laughs) This is just what's happening here. So what did he do? He was part of a carjacking with somebody else. And the other person shot the guy and the guy died. And he got life? And he got life. Did the other guy get the death penalty? I don't know. That's the only time we hear about the crime, right? Because I was hoping I had missed something. That's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah. All right. All right. So the locals are all notified in the little prison town, telling them that there's an inmate that's escaped by a a huge steam whistle that they blow several times to say someone's on the run, lock your doors. Also, Mickey Mouse is on a boat coming your way. It's so old-fashioned. It made me laugh. Why not hire Paul Revere to ride through the streets with a trumpet or something? This is so funny to me. You're just blowing a whistle and hoping the sound carries. The prisoners are coming. The prisoners are coming. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. And later on shows why it's so ridiculous and why something else more technologically savvy would have been helpful. So the prison guards start looking for breaches in the fence which I loved because I could picture them being like, we got a breach. Got a breach over here. We've got a breach in quadrant three, four, six, and 17. Yeah. We need guards on the exits at quadrant C and D, F. Yeah, that'd be great. And if you thought we were going to do an episode about a prison breakout without saying, I want to search every outhouse, hen house, chicken house, pizza hut, which is like a house, but it's a hut, a teepee. Job of the hut. What's those things that the hipsters live in? It's like a tent, but it's not a tent. What am I talking about? It's a yurt. I'm talking about a yurt. We're checking every yurt in the area. We need to check all the yurts in quadrant D73. <laughs> I repeat, D as in dog, seven, three, yurts. Thank That's you. That's a copy on the yurts. Yeah. Oh, they don't say thank you. Never mind. Over and out. <laughs> so they check all the vehicles that had left that day. They have a very strict procedure for checking vehicles when they're leaving the prison. It seemed more thorough than the TSA, body cavity searches. They go under the car. They climb on top of the car. They search in the car. Then they have these seismic sensors on it, and it'll detect the heartbeat of a mouse. So they'll know if there's a stowaway in the car. No, I think they do that. I know. It was was a lot. I mean, I think that that's like a normal... No, I was impressed. Oh, okay, okay. Except I was shortly unimpressed because they didn't do it this day with this one van. Jimmy. Jimmy messed messed up. He was hungover. It's a long story. He had it was at a bachelor party for his friend. It's a his ex-wife showed up. It was Yeah, it was drama. He didn't have time to check. He just said, Oh, it's fine. Just go through. Van with the dogs. Just wave them through. Wave them through. So the van belonged to Safe Harbor which is a prison program that teaches inmates to train stray dogs for adoption. I may or may not have immediately started looking up adopting prison dogs right after the tab is still open on my computer. Hang on. Yeah. Could we do any better than Safe Harbor? I just... I wish they were near water. At all. 
at all. I mean, there's there's rivers. No, Kansas cannot be more landlocked. We cannot be further from. But we're both in Tennessee, oceans. aren't we? We're somewhere. We're, no, we're in we're, Kansas. We start off in Kansas and then we wind up in Tennessee. They go to Tennessee later. That's where the chase happens. The car mm-hmm. chase. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, I don't like safe harbor. I like well, pit bulls and parolees is obviously taken, and they're it is. Are you joking? I'm sorry. Is that a real thing? It's a very popular TV show. On what station? Maybe A and E. I think. I don't think I've had TV in many a year. All these tattooed people—they work with parolees who train pit bulls. It's a really good show. It's heartwarming. Okay. Also okay. sad. Heartwarming. Yeah. Seems. I'm not. Yeah. No. But they rescue dogs. But just pit bulls. What about the other dogs? They find the, them homes too. They don't get a chance. No, they get a, ch- a chance for Kaylee. <laughs> chance for any other dog besides a pit bull. Wait a minute. Pause for prisoners. Prison pause. Yeah, pause, prison pause. Pause behind bars. Pause. Pause for prison. Pause with a cause. There we go. Has that taken, if not copyright, if just in cases, copyright, Mark KT and Kimberly. Pause for a cause. For so <laughs> John Maynard was one of the prisoners that worked with the dogs in the program. And we see a photo of him with an adorable puppy. And he's a ginger, like I said. And even I did not have a crush on him. And that should tell you that there's something wrong with this dude. I was surprised. I thought for sure. Yeah. No, I think he's evil. Something in his face made me scared. That 17-year-old getting arrested, he's obviously 17 and being charged as an adult. So you know something's way wrong, right? Or unfair, but we don't know. But by Mm, the time he's getting his regular photo in prison... He has died inside. When you see that video of him in court, he doesn't look scared. He doesn't look like a scared 17-year-old. He looks like... A bow. Yeah, and a bad suit. Yeah, a bad suit. Something's been off for a minute. Well, in one photo, we see him smiling, and the smile does not go up to his eyes. No, no, man. Not even close. No. It stops at his upper lip, which is hard to do. (laughs) He's not smizing at all. He never learned from Tyra. Well, smizing is when you smile with just your eyes. Yeah. He does the opposite of smizing. Yeah, the opposite, which is called scowl, 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 scowling, scowling, scowling. Yeah. I was trying to change them. So yeah, scowling. So they talk to the inmates who say he snuck into a dog crate in the dog van. That was it. He just snuck into a dog crate. Now, at this point, I got upset. Because I wasted a lot of time watching the whole first season of Prison Break. And that guy had to painfully tattoo the entire infrastructure and inner workings of the prison, all the pipes and the ductwork, the air conditioning on his entire body, twice as big as Ben Affleck's tattoo. And then this guy just has to crawl into a dog crate. That's That's a bit much. Maybe Fox knew we wouldn't watch Simple Prison Break. No, we of course not. What? Complex. Yeah. yeah. How long does it take him to break out in Prison Break? Whole season. Is it the? It doesn't take two seasons. They they wrap that up in a one season. They do, but there's like whole political intrigue and people are after them, and it's like inside job. It's you can't trust anybody. It's a whole thing. Also, his brother's kind of a jerk. I don't know why he's doing all this to save his brother. It's a whole thing. He gets himself incarcerated. So there are fewer guards there on Sundays. So it, it was this planned out. 
Mm. Sounds like it. And there are only two prisoner counts that day. Seems like there should be a lot more. And it was cold outside and Jared was hungover. So what was his name? Jeremy? Whoever was at his bachelor party, we decided. Jimmy. Jimmy. So people were rushing through the van checks because they didn't want to stand outside in the cold. Yeah. The driver of the van is Toby Young, who is one of the most popular and trusted volunteers at the prison. Do we like the name Toby for a female? Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I thought it was cute. cute. There's the Toby on Seinfeld who gets her pinky toe cut off. It's She's fine. Do you think about the trusted HR worker who didn't have drugs in his desk? It was just a caprese salad. Flenderson? Flenderson, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think that name is forever just that's, if you've seen The Office, right? Yeah, he's it's Toby. Done. It's like anybody named Michael Scott anywhere in the world, of which there are thousands. Whenever I get mad at Toby in this episode, in my head, I am doing the Michael Scott when Toby comes back from Costa Rica. No! No! <laughs> I'm I'm doing the when Toby's going away and Holly's sitting in on the meeting and he's doing the hidden I'm going to kill that. I'm doing that in my head. So I'm doing the silent one, you're doing the loud one. It works. Who do you think you are? Who who do you <laughs> What gives you the what right? What gives you <laughs> the right? right. What gives you the right? Do you want to read from the, maybe want to read from the mint? Yeah, sure. I'll take a look at that. That's <laughs> great. So good. So then we begin with one of our Queen Andrea Canning's several freezing cold outdoor Oof. interviews. She six, looked cold. Six feet apart. She's shake, literally shaking and rubbing her hands together. She's outside of the prison walls. She looks like Elsa from Frozen. She's in pale blue and also she's frozen. But she looked lovely. The warden is telling her he's sure that Toby's life is in danger, that she's been taken hostage. He doesn't know what could have happened, but he believes that as soon as they get off the premises, John will have no use for her anymore. He got out, so he will kill her. Oh, God. Lately, I've been feeling like I've been held hostage by my emotions. I don't want to diagnose anyone on this episode, but someone in this episode could use better help. And it's not Andrea Canning. And it's not John. It's not John. Although maybe. It's not the warden. It rhymes with Shoby. Oh, all right. And it's not techno musician Moby. Okay, got it. But also you who are listening to this episode who might not have extreme problems like the ones we're about to delve into in this episode, but could still use help with just your day-to-day life problems. Yeah. You don't got to be breaking out of a prison to still need some help. BetterHelp can provide you with a licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home. No need to break out of anywhere. Stay right where you are. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours, fast enough to stop you from making the biggest mistake of your life. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. Like, I'm in a high-speed car chase. Should I pull over? And the counselor will write back, texting and driving is very dangerous. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states, like Tennessee, where the prison security is rather lax and it might make you anxious in your day-to-day life. Or Kansas, where this episode takes place. Or you don't know the difference between your states in middle America and you feel bad about it. And it gives you... Constant guilt. Yeah. BetterHelp has counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, sleeping problems, LGBTQ plus issues, emotional prisons that you're stuck in. 
It is easy. It's completely confidential. It's affordable. Contact them today to start living a healthier, happier life. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash dateline. Because we could all use a little better. <laughs> Help. Help on quadrant six, seven, nine through 16. We got a yurt over here. <laughs> we got a yurt. We got a, we have an unmanned yurt. <laughs> That's a band name. The unmanned yurt. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. So Andrea tells us that Toby was so beloved by the prison that inmates had given her an endearing nickname. The dog lady. Kimberly. I love Andrea, and I made a face at this. I love her, but I did not let... You know it's not endearing, Andrea. That's not endearing. That's just a name. That's not endearing. Were you saying that with sarcasm, and it didn't come across? Like, when you do sarcasm, and it doesn't come across? Was it just, like, a little bit of shade? Was it a dick? Was it so little of was that shade that we didn't even know it was shade at the time? Like, a cloud just goes in front of us, the sun and then moves away. For a second. And there's like a little dark, you're, you're, the screen that you're looking at goes dark for a sec, but then it's fine. And it's like, oh, I just blinked. Like a fly, a fly flies over your head and puts the fly-shaped shadow over your head. That's how little it was. That's how little it was. But it, it was there. And Andrea, we see you. We see you. Because the dog lady is not endearing. It is, I forgot your real name. It is like how the people at CVS probably call me Cheeto Dust Lady. It is... <laughs> informational it's an identifier not a nickname cheeto dusty springfield also also you're sitting in your cell all day every day and you can't think of anything more creative than the dog lady you guys are in prison for lack of creativity no i think they're just not trying yeah toby was an upstanding member of society her husband was on the fire department she had a great family the warden calls her brother who appears on dateline wearing a hat. A cappy. That's a, a cap. A cappy cap. Cabby, cabby cap. Cabby cap, mm-hmm. which I liked. I was fine which with Which mushed together is a cappy. So. Yeah, it's a cappy. Yeah. So we see a young photo of Toby and her smile, I have to say, lit up her room. My laptop was on medium brightness and then she smiled and then my laptop went to bright brightness and my battery started to die. Thanks a lot, Toby. So Toby was also the oldest of seven kids, and she was the responsible one. She set a good example for everybody. That puts a lot of pressure on a person. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. She graduated for, with honors. She became a manager at Sprint. She built a nice life with her husband, Pat. But then things started to go downhill when she was fired by Sprint. She got thyroid cancer. Her kids went off to college. She recovered, but she was an empty nester. She took stock of her life. She decided to dedicate herself to serving others, creating pause for prisoners. Okay. Safe harbor. Yeah. Pause for a cause. Prison pals. Prison paw pals. Barks behind bars. Barks behind bars. Her husband calls law enforcement and says, Pooch for pr- prison hooch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pound puppies? Is that, aren't Pound they puppies. in a little prison? They're Pound in a little puppies. prison, aren't they? Why are they in a prison when you get them and they're all sad? <laughs> Just remember that real quick. They're in a pound. And all have the sad eyes, the precious moments, sad eyes. Because they're in a pound. 
How much do you think pound puppies are worth right now? I bet a lot. I bet yeah. a lot. I'm going to go look for some at my parents' house. Please, God, go look for one. Yeah. Her husband calls law enforcement and says she'd taken out a large sum of cash from their account and two guns from their house. So they think Maynard forced her to go do this, and now he's armed. He's armed and ginger. Gingerous? <laughs> you were right there. You're right there. Armed and gingerous. There's your title. No, I have other ones. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on a second, though. So it's at this point that I thought she was in on it. Up until this point, I'm like, surely not. Surely she's not helping him. Don't call her Shirley. But like, I didn't think, I honestly didn't think she was helping him until this point. And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Guns and cash are missing. Oh, I thought from right from the beginning she's missing. She, I feel like Dateline gave it away in all the previews. So you're not on social media. Oh, there we go. Okay, that's why. Sometimes that's good. See? But yeah. I was surprised. A few people were concerned about the dogs. I did want to say that apparently she dropped them off at the house when she got the guns and the money. So if anyone- How many dogs? Because there were some in the van. from. But how many did she just drop off at the house? Like seven Rottweilers? I don't know. Good luck, husband. I'm leaving you with a prisoner. Bye. Not only am I with this prisoner- you have to take care of all these dogs that are going to poop on the floor. Wow. Yeah. So a few hours after the escape, an off-duty prison employee is shopping at Walmart. We have a Walmart alert who doesn't know that Maynard had escaped and sees him at the store and thinks, why is this person who's serving a life sentence for murder shopping at the Walmart? And before they could realize what had happened and call for backup, he's gone. A couple things. How long did it take him to realize this before he called for backup? Because if it's longer than 10 seconds, the employees need to be retrained. I know he was off duty and I know he probably saw him out of context. So he was startled for a second. And you would think that your eyes were playing tricks on you. Maybe. Because he's going to be in plain clothes. And then also, maybe he doesn't work in cell or yurt quadrant 9F. And so he doesn't always work that block. And so. Oh, so he doesn't see him as regularly, but he recognized him right away. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And knew he was life in life sentence because he fought to call for backup immediately. But my second point, it wasn't immediate. We just don't know if it was 10 seconds or was it like 10 minutes? Because there's a big difference, Andrea. And I wish we knew because I want to know if this guy should be fired or not. Oh, but what are you going to do? Write a letter? Yeah. Dear Warden, my name is Kimber. I have some My second point is that that steam whistle obviously doesn't reach Walmart or wherever this employee lives or wherever he was before Walmart. Maybe there should be some sort of automated phone tree that goes out when a prisoner escapes. No. Why? To warn people or warn the employees that aren't working that day. We have a guy that escaped. Oh, you mean like they get a text message alert on their phone? Yes. That's like, hey, keep your eyes out if you're at the ballpark for Johnny Mayhem. He's coming through. I get Los Angeles texts all the time. Los Angeles officials are looking for a so-and-so. And then I look and I go, I don't know him. And then I go on with my day. I'm sorry. I have never once gotten a text from the city of Los Angeles saying, We're looking for this person with a picture. I get Amber alerts like everyone else on the planet, but you're signed up with something. No, I swear. They're like 
we're looking for a carjacking that just happened, blah, 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 or something. Are you talking about an Amber Alert? Because an no, Amber Alert I get those is... as well. No, I get those as well. But I also You are get on some sort of list. because I don't know, know how. I've never gotten anything but an Amber Alert. I've gotten weather warnings that are extreme, like flooding mm-hmm. in your area and mm-hmm. Amber Alerts. Mm-hmm. Why don't they have something like this? Prisoner has escaped instead of a choo-choo Thomas the Train whistle. I'm sorry. The choo-choo is not for the town. Did he say it was for the town? Yes, he did. It was for the residents of the town so they would know to lock their doors. There's a prisoner that has escaped. I think he was embellishing when he said town. And what he meant was the four block radius that is around the prison. He said, we live in a small prison town. This is so the residents of the town can know there's someone out there. Be on the lookout. Lock your doors. Like a locked door is going to stop a guy who just broke out of prison. Then I'm going to say two sentences. Number one, the Walmart isn't in the small town because it's too small for a Walmart. (laughs) The Walmart is out of town. So the steam whistle did not reach out of town. Okay. And the alerts are only for this town, not the next town. That's valid. Solved it. So they look into Maynard's family. His family says they did not help him. They weren't close, apparently, ever since he was the 17-year-old murder. And they don't appear on Dateline because the story's not really about him. It's about Toby. They look into the prison staff. Could one of the prison staff have helped? The warden tells Andrea that over the years, they've had to discipline or fire an unknown number of staff members. He can't even put a number to it of people who have become too familiar in their relationships with prisoners. What did he call it? Overly familiar relationships. Andrea makes this face like she does when she's smelling something bad. She does not like these overly familiar relationships with prisoners. No, she's not a fan. Also, he can't even quantify it with a number, which makes us think it's like hundreds. I think this is a not great town. But it's probably dozens. Even dozens is way too many. But I think it happens a lot. I think this happens at prisons everywhere. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, so another ginger we meet, second ginge, Michael Mooney. He has a huge beard that would never be contained by a beard hairnet. He is a journalist that's covering the case. Turns out the rule follower, Toby, was actually a rule breaker. Oh, boy. Staff had noticed that Toby and Maynard were being too close, and a supervisor had had to pull Toby aside and have a talk with her about that that the optics of it weren't good and be careful. That's embarrassing. So Toby, it turns out, had emptied her retirement $40,000 and had been seen doing a shopping spree to Walmart, another Walmart, Target, and a Cabela's sporting goods store. There's apparently security footage of her buying men's clothes and what the journalist calls teenager snacks which are Twizzlers and chocolate-covered donuts, and Katie and I felt personally attacked. I just came to do a recap, and I feel personally attacked right now. True. How dare you? Yeah. Teenage snacks? Well, thank you, sir. I am a teenager. But it does confirm the BOW status. Yes, absolutely. She buys camping gear and survival gear and maps. So I immediately started thinking of Dr. McSnoddy, who escaped to the Alps with Monica, because where are they going? Off-grid? They check in in the woods, the Appalachian Trail. I don't know where they're going. They check Appalachian? In. <laughs> That's how you say it. What? 
Yeah, everyone. It's it's not Appalachian. It's not Appalachian Trail. Appalachian. It's actually pronounced Appalachian. I know because I watched 5,000 videos on walking the Appalachian Trail. I don't think they like it when you say Appalachian, but that's what I always thought it was. But we're Westerner folks. Because everyone says it. So I know. <laughs> it's kind of like the Rihanna Rihanna. I don't know what to tell you. It's the Adidas Adidas. Adidas. So they check Ampere. They yeah, check Ampere. Oh boy. With the husband. And he says, no, she hasn't bought me any clothes recently. And then to add insult the injury to injury, the journalist, the ginger journalist, says the clothes she bought would not fit her husband. Was that shade? Yes. Ouch. Was. Wow. The husband's beardy. been through enough. He does not deserve that. Yeah. No, thank you, ginger journalist. Mm -mm. She also bought black hair dye and an electric razor from Target and two burner phones from Walmart. So we finally have someone taking our three or four year advice that we've been saying this, a burner two pack, so they never can check your records because you're texting each other from burner phones. Here's the deal. I hope she did self-checkout. Because if she came up to my scanning at Walmart, I would call the police. I'd <laughs> be like, I don't know do what she's phones. doing, but here's what she, but it's black hair dye. Yeah, I would know. It's the whole combo. <laughs> no, well, the black hair dye and the razor are from Target and the phones are from Walmart, which also begs the question, She, why are you going to both? Just go to Target. She went to Target? They didn't mention Target. Yeah, the the hair dye and the razors were from Target. Then she goes to Walmart. Why make two trips? No, because she's splitting it all up. She actually did the smart thing so that she wouldn't buy them all at the same time from the same place and get flagged. Can we all agree, though, that Walmart is the trash juice version of Target? There, I said it. I'm not ashamed. You all I know I think it's if true. you're trying to save money, you'd probably go to Walmart. I'm sorry. Because it's not as good. No, because it's cheaper, Kimberly. Yeah, she's, I agree. She's going to spend a ton of money, so she wants to get camping gear at Walmart, not Target. No, for the camping gear, she goes to that camping sports goods store. Oh, she goes to Cabela's. But burner phones? Walmart. You have to go to Walmart for that. I don't even think they sell them at Target. I don't know. I think she's just trying to save a buck. Okay, I guess I can't fault her for that. Yeah. In Tony's cell phone, they sorry, Toby's cell phone, they find... 100 calls in a two-week period to a phone that she had smuggled into the prison for Maynard. So this is when she first crossed the line when they were just starting their relationship. She smuggled in a phone for him. And they talked 200 hours in two weeks, which is literally like two full-time jobs. That is my nightmare. Also, the guards never check on him and see him talking on the phone all day long on a cell phone in his cell. I don't know how that works. 200 hours in two weeks. Well, I think they have set check times. Yeah, I guess. So he just isn't on the phone during check. You should have spot random checks. Everyone knows random checks are the way to Again, go. get your pen out and write that warden. He wants to hear from you. This okay. is basically me being on 60 Days In and all the stuff I'm learning that could give them my wisdom. But then you actually have to do it. Yeah, I'd rather just watch the show and write them a letter. Okay, so I wrote down the number. There were 78 outgoing and 289 incoming. Who's outgoing? Who's incoming? 
I would guess incoming is from him to her. She called him 78 times. He called her 298 to 89 times. I think there's a power relationship struggle going on. One person likes the other person a little bit more, and it's not who you would think. That's what I think, too. It's not the 27-year-old man who he actually likes the 47-year-old woman. I agree. The mom, the dog lady. He was the incoming calls, but she's a mom. She can't be just talking on. She actually can't be just talking on the phone all day. Her kids are at college. Her kids are gone. She's an empty nester. Doesn't she have stuff to do? She's got the dog program. Doesn't. But not a lot. She was lonely. We think he called her 289 times. I think so. I think so. Okay. And their average call was 19 minutes. What do you have to talk about if you're in prison? What new gossip? Is there new stuff happening all the time? 20 minutes. Are they talking about just like what kind of saltines they had for lunch? Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. They gave us fruit salad, but it was all honeydew. Yeah. My soap smells like pine. I hate pine. Yeah. I got shivved in the shower yesterday. Half shivved. It's like boring stuff every day. Yeah. So Toby's husband had also found her burner phone. And he had seen texts that said, good morning, I love you. Oh, God. He found the phone where? I don't know. She didn't do a very good job. She's not a very good criminal. Yeah. She wasn't trying at this point. Yeah. The demure housewife was looking more like a desperate housewife, Andrea tells us. It was a forbidden romance. She also, she's 48. He's 27. But also he's a convicted murderer. Labels. Who cares? So- They issue a warrant for Toby's arrest and they call the family. Her family's devastated. They think it has to be a mistake. They just can't believe it. And they were scared she was going to die. And now they find out she's in on it. That's quite a roller coaster ride. Holy crap. This is like when my mom was in a bank robbery. Like, I'm worried she's going to be okay. And then she find out she was in on the bank robber and she was running away with the bank robber. Like she had been sleeping with the bank robber for a year. Would it be a little bit cool or not at all? I mean, not cool for your dad. No, I would think it would be a tiny bit cool. Yeah. But it would be because it means she had fooled you for years. I mean, you didn't know her at all. Yeah, I'd be super impressed. I do sometimes think she's just acting. It's just a facade. I do, too. Yeah, this can't be her real person. You've convinced me of that. Yeah. So now it is international news and even international news. They're talking about the killer and the dog lady. Another alternative title. Come on. Stop calling her the dog lady. It's not good. Investigators get a lead. Calls on Maynard's cell phone go to a car dealership in Kansas City. The salesperson of this used car dealership remembers a woman buying a used truck, but her hair was darker and she said her name was Molly Rose. Is she a Schitt's Creek fan? It's so close to Moira Rose. This was way before Schitt's Creek. So. She The biggest flaw happens right now. She wants the registration for the new truck to be mailed to a lakeside cabin in Tennessee. Toby. Oh, boy. Yeah. You're leaving a paper trail, Toby. She is not. How old? She's 52? Who 58? gives you the right? <laughs> Who, why are you the way that you are? Every time I try to do something good, you make it not so. <laughs> The fugitive task force goes to the cabin, scopes it out. Meanwhile, a U.S. marshal is cruising around the area and he sees the truck. They're out running errands. And 
he follows them and he gets back up and they get helicopters and a bunch of cop cars and we're seeing dash cam footage of the whole freeway chase. Another U.S. Marshal drives along the truck and sees Maynard with a smirk on his face. Ooh. Because he's a total bow and Toby is riding shotgun. And then all of a sudden we cut to a woman on camera and Andrea's voice goes, and this is Toby. And so Toby's alive. She's meeting Andrea Canning. Wow. And as they're going to commercial, Toby says, I've been craving this forever. And I was immediately like, nope, don't want to know about your cravings, ma'am. What's going on? Also, Dateline could have gone to commercial with any of the million other things that she said, like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe this happened. I was scared. They pick her saying, I've been craving this forever. Cravings and nibbles. Oh, no. The only thing I've been craving in terms of nibbles is delicious HelloFresh. Yes. HelloFresh delivers fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes right to your door. No more going to both Walmart and Target for missing ingredients. They send you the perfect amount to make non-stressful meals in 30 minutes. And they even have 15 to 20 minute dinners because you're breaking people out of prison. You don't have time to meal prep. Amen. HelloFresh has a huge variety of easy options for all three meals, plus snacks and treats. You can go on their app and customize everything in minutes. You can change your delivery day, your food preferences. You can skip a week. You can be like, the kids have soccer Monday. I'm breaking someone out of prison on Tuesday. I'm going to move my delivery to Wednesday. Easy peasy. Perfect. They also have vegetarian meals, like the vegetarian and calorie smart Southwest stuffed zucchini boats that I made. Wow. With pico de gallo and avocado crema. Crema. It was so good. Was it? It sounds good. I just wanted you to hear it again because I pronounced it so Perfectly. Crema. It was so good. It only took half an hour. I put on Bob's Burgers. And then by the time the episode was over, I had food. Like a whole meal. It was amazing. That's amazing. Plus, if you're fancier than I am and like a foodie foodie, they have gourmet and gourmet plus meals. So go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline 12 and use code Dateline 12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. How at 12 free meals? That's so many. That's almost two weeks. That's incredible. That's so many. Again, that's HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline 12 and use code Dateline 12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit for a reason. And the reason is ring, ring, prisoner escape. (laughs) Hello. Oh, there's a prisoner in a yurt. Okay. I'm on guard. Thanks. Thank you. HelloFresh. I also want to tell you, Katie, about Canva, if I may. Yes. Canva is the perfect way to create graphics, artwork online, maybe release your creative juices, and that could become your new way to express yourself. So maybe you don't get to a breaking point where you have an affair with an inmate. At least that's what I use Canva for. Well, that's good. And also for social media posts. So I use it for two things. <laughs> Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that helps you design like a pro. They have a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audios, graphics, templates. I already searched on Canva for prison things. And there's hundreds of images of cell phone, of cell doors, of hand, like there's gifts of handcuffs going on. They have wow. everything. So get ready for this week's post. You get this all with the Canva Pro subscription. I'd like to direct everyone to 
our Instagram to our post for our episode Killer Roll because this is what I'm most proud of in my entire life. With Canva, I used the image of a theater stage with red curtains. And then on the stage, I put an image of the theater mom saying, we were terrorized, terrorized. (laughs) And then in one of the balconies in the theater, I put Marsha from the Brady Bunch movies saying, sure, Jan, looking down on the stage. And that's a gif. So that's moving. It's someone commented, this image is why the internet exists. Oh, that's amazing. High praise. I will never accomplish anything more. (laughs) Also, Rebecca helped me out and we made a new rainbow logo for Pride using Canva. So that's awesome. It's really, really pretty. If you have a small business, if you're crafty, if you're a student, there's so many things you can use Canva Pro for. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Go to canva.me forward slash date dateline to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash date dateline. Canva.me forward slash date dateline. Because you don't have to be an artist to make the world your Canva. (gasps) Chills. Goosebumps. I should have been in Mad Men. I would have been good. You would have been Peggy. I missed it. I missed my whole calling. It's done. It's too late now. Yeah. I only have like a few years left. So it's too late. (laughs) It's just too late. (laughs) I'm going to have to just do this. Okay. (laughs) It's either start a prison dog foundation with your midlife crisis, start a new career in advertising, or continue with your life as a podcast host Uh, just choices just choices yep at least you have choices though yes good a lot of people don't i'm not complaining live laugh love (laughs) so toby is being interviewed six feet apart outside with andrea outside of the prison walls which is like how does she show her face there that's brave. I got to be honest. I think that Toby kind of when all this happened, she just kind of, you know, when people say, I don't give any Fs. I don't have any Fs left to give. And it makes me insane. And like my my hairs start to curl because if the whole world was like that, we really would be effed because then just every, no one would care. But well, it, that expression is more like, don't worry about the small things. It's like not like go around being a D-bag oh, people. that's not the way it's always used. I would love to think that, that it's used like that, but a lot of people use it in the other way. So some people use it correctly. Some people use it in a way that's like, especially people that like to be on YouTube. Those people tend to use it in a way that's like, I said this really mean thing about this person because I don't have any Fs to give. Okay, okay no, that's not that's not right. You That's called being an a-hole. Unfortunately, a lot of people use it that way. But I think that Tony might just be like, whatever. I think part of something in her brain snapped and she now has no shame. I think she had a lot of stuff in a lot of tight little boxes for a long, long time. And I think a guy who was 20 years younger came along and one of those boxes opened and like then they all just like slammed open. And then it was just Pandora's boxes exploded inside her head. Every single one at the same time simultaneously. And they haven't closed since. So this is where we are now. Absolutely. So she says the day that she went to the prison, the day the plan was to go down, she was really excited, but she was also wishing she could stop it and that it hadn't 
She wished I hadn't gone that far, which is like, you could stop it at any time then. Just don't do the plan. But she was also excited. And Andrea jumps in head first and says, how could you be excited? You're about to blow up your entire life. And I was like, Andrea's just going for it. She's not doing any pleasantries. She is just coming at you. I loved it. I think Andrea is just like bewildered. Bewildered. Andrea has so many children and probably works so incredibly hard. And it's just like, I would, this would never even, she would never even consider this in any realm. This is not a thing that she wants or is a possibility. So she can't see how Tony would just explode her own nice life. Yeah. 100%. Also, Andrea's seen a lot of people in pain. And so I think she looks at someone like Toby and is like, I've seen people whose lives have imploded and they did nothing to cause it. Mm -hmm. So for you to go in and do it, I think Andrea's kind of annoyed. Does that make sense? It seems like that. I can totally see that. Yeah. So Toby says, well, I kind of felt like my life needed to be blown up, which I kind of (laughs) get. Detonate. It did. She says it didn't make sense, but I don't think love very often makes sense. I don't like that. I don't like that sentence. I don't like that. Did you know this was a love story, Katie? Well, now I do. I did. I don't think Toby would have done this unless she thought she was in love. I think she thought she was in love, but it was most likely lust and a whole lot of other mental things going on. And I think she had been because the way that she's putting this is in like total terms. Like she says, I have been waiting for this feeling my whole life. Yeah. We all know you're married. So, I mean, it's like you, you're you supposedly had already felt this when you walked down the oh, aisle. Yeah, no, she... And I think what she's talking about and she needs to start saying is passion and not love. Right. A lot of people confuse those two. So the, talk about 90 Day Fiance people. I will not talk about them because I'm not on that. We don't have to do that right now. Okay, so and I'm mad at all of them. Yeah, they she saw John in the prison yard and he stuck out his hand and said, hi, I'm John Maynard and I want to be your dog handler. That was it. Tale as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. Prisoner and the dog lady. (laughs) Nothing happened for like a year, though, until Toby was being threatened by another inmate and John came up to rescue her. Ladies, be your own Prince Charming. Darcy from 90 Day Fiance and all other women. I'm sorry. Is that a t-shirt yet? No, it should be. Yeah, really should be. Words of wisdom from Kimber. So they start spending time together, deep conversations about life and the world. And she says that's what she had been missing. She just wanted to have conversations with somebody to which I screamed at my TV, join a book club, Toby. Wow. Any club. Any club. But like a fight club. If you need like excitement and danger, join a rock climbing club. No, she wants conversation with somebody. She just wanted someone to talk to. Get a pen pal. Start repelling. So six weeks before the escape, they crossed the line. Again, I thought she already crossed the line when she gave him the cell phone. She's crossed the line again. Lots of lines are being crossed. But this is before the cell phone. It had to be, right? She didn't give him the cell phone first, did she? It's unclear. No, no, it's the cell phone has to be. I think the cell phone was after this major event that happens okay. right now. So yeah. he this is six weeks before the escape. He leans in and he kisses her. She said she was on cloud nine and it was unquenchable. Explain. Explain unquenchable. Unquench. She. The thirst, the thirst she had for his kisses could not be quenched. Is unquenchable a word? 
I don't know. It's too much. Also, he never kissed her again after that, which I thought was very power play. I'm going to kind of lead you on. I'm going to give you what you want, but then I'm going to take it away. Very interesting. But much like Toby became obsessed with the Scranton Strangler case, this Toby fell in love. Her husband noticed that she had been happier lately, and he even joked, if I didn't know better, I think you were having an affair. Oh, God, that's awful. Very sad. Toby says about her relationship with her husband, it had been in decline for 20 years. Leave. Get a divorce. They lost a child and they never really dealt with it, which I totally get. Grief can do outstanding things to people. Like, yeah, can really come and hit you in different long after, especially if they never dealt with it as a couple. I feel like they were like roommates after that. Like it just... She was the soccer mom. The boxes. Put that in another box. She was the soccer mom, the glue that kept the whole family together, but she felt like she wasn't appreciated. And she felt like she was invisible to her husband and being taken advantage of by everyone because she was so nice and she'd do anything to help. So everyone just expected her to be there and to do things. No one is thanking her for those meals she's spending more than a half an hour on because she's not using HelloFresh. Hmm. Then she loses her job and gets cancer and her kids leave for college. So these are like more traumatic events on top of each other. She becomes depressed and wants to reevaluate. She wants, she realizes what I need is to get out of my marriage. Great. Get a divorce. Join FarmersOnly.com. Yeah. The internet is vast. There are people everywhere. There's plenty of fish not in prison. But instead, John asks her, to help him escape and they can be together. And Andrea says what we're all thinking. Did you ever think to yourself, maybe I'm just being manipulated here and he's just using me to escape? And Toby says, no, I never thought of that. Toby makes me really sad. She makes me, this is, there's sad parts. Like I, Toby, because you see, you see it. We see it in shows like we see it in stuff. You see people being taken advantage of. Yeah. You see like stuff like this. And it's just he was a good manipulator and saw like this was the perfect woman to help him with his plan. Also, I cannot imagine that he has life in prison without parole. If he didn't shoot the gun, I guarantee you he has life with possibility of parole in a certain amount of years. He went in so young. If he had just stayed the course gotten he can get a college degree he can do all sorts of stuff inside do every program you can be a really good prisoner he would probably be released because he didn't actually shoot the gun it's possible we don't know the circumstances of that jurisdiction they could be just really really tough on certain he could have also planned it we don't know and we see people get life for a lot less it's true i guess i'm just thinking it's really no he was looking for an easy out and okay I think. Or maybe he loved her. Mm. I think he loved her because she was going to help him. And I think that I don't know his family. Mommy issues. Yeah, I have never seen a more mom type woman than Toby. Like, she's a mom. And so I'm sure that she had that kind of nurturing stuff towards him. And I'm sure he loved that. If he's carjacking people at 17, home life maybe wasn't good. I've heard that people emotionally stay a lot of people mostly stay whatever age they are when they go into prison. So you mature some, but not as much as you would on the outside, especially if you're young when you go in. So if you're young when you go in, so basically he's emotionally 17. 
Yeah. And you're almost 50. Okay. No, she is 50. Isn't she 52 when this happens? 48. But she thinks, no, he's not using me. I think he's madly in love with me. Okay. Okay, Toby. Well, maybe he's making her feel like that. He must have been. He's, t- he's texting her, I love you. and 198 phone calls. 298. Yeah. yeah. So, and to give him credit, even after this all happens, he still keeps saying he loves her. So he's doing a really good job. Or I think he, they just have, it's maybe two people like oil and water that both had issues and their issues fit together perfectly to make an explosion. Yeah. The baggage all fits in the same baggage cart at the airport. I'm looking for baggage that goes with mine. Is that Reba? What's that? Rent. Oh, okay. I don't know Rent that well. I don't know Reba that well, so. I don't either. So sounded like, sounded country to me. Okay, so there is one very important point that he shows that he doesn't love her, and it's coming. Okay. But remind me, because okay. I can't find a pen and I can't write it down. But okay. it occurred to me during this. So she says to Andrea, if this works, I get to live with this guy that I love. Even if we get caught then I'm out of my marriage. So this is my way out. Sweet Lord. And Andrea is almost screaming. Yeah. Toby, almost. get a divorce. You don't have to break a murderer out of prison. So good. And Toby is like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I know you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Andrea says a lot of women feel overworked and underappreciated this is where I expected her to say, for God's sake, I'm Andrea effing Canning. I have 16 children. You don't think I feel that way sometimes. But yeah. this is nuts what you're doing. And Toby says, yeah, I realize that it's crazy, but this is the path I chose. Wow. And that's what I believe. And that's what I believe. And Exit. that's what I believe. Exit stage right. Yeah. <laughs> so... The plan was Toby, I'm sorry, the plan was that John would lose 25 pounds so he could fit into one of the cardboard boxes that go in the dog crates. What's your secret, John? I'd love to be dog crate skinny. 25 pounds? (laughs) Society's always telling us we have to be fit in a dog crate skinny. I'm sick of it. All these Instagram influencers fitting in dog crates. I'm so sorry. That's a small box, whatever she was trying to get. 25 pounds? But now we know why the clothes she bought would not fit her husband. Oh, dog crate. Yeah. Yeah. Toby rents a storage unit where they find tracks that were like from a getaway car. So there's that new vehicle. She takes out money. She disguises herself. She buys the truck. So tons of pre-planning going on. Takes out money. And a a lot of money. She takes out her entire retirement. $40,000. Andrea, at this point, mom shames her and says, I just couldn't leave my children. Oh, oh. Which Andrea usually gives people more grace than that. So, you know, she's had it up to here with Toby. I think it's also the obvious question and it's what everyone's thinking. I was thinking it. I was like, even though they're grown up. Even though they're grown up, they're in You're going to mess them up a little bit right now. And you know it. You know that whatever this thing is you're about to do, as much as you think it's for you, your decision is about to radiate out like a nuclear bomb on your family and your friends. So Because you're essentially going on the run, which it's like going in witness protection. You cannot ever see those people again. I'm sure. Sh- but the thing is, is that Toby seems to sort of think she can. Yeah. Toby says it was that was hard. I didn't know how that would work. It, it wasn't going to it work. It wasn't going to work. No. Do you think she really thought it would? I think she really thought that they were going to have to spend a few days together and get caught. 
I think she's not. I think there's the screw loose. I think she from, just imploded, period. And this is not giving her an excuse at all because she knew her own actions and she made her own decisions 100%. But I do think that this crazy behavior is like symptomatic of a lot of other things. But I will say the only thing that Toby really does right in this situation is she doesn't make excuses for it. Right, 100%. She's like, I know I did it. Yeah, I did. Sure was, Dom. Yeah. So she says when she pulled the truck out of the prison that day, she said, John, are you in there? And he didn't answer her. And so for a split second, she felt this relief, like, thank God this isn't happening. Because she was just felt like I'm in over my head. I didn't know if I wanted to go through with this. And now I don't have to. But then she heard him. She says, manacle. I think she meant maniacal. Laugh. And which is creepy. Or manacle. There's chains. Yeah. Manacle laugh. Could have been. Yeah. Maybe mandible. Maybe she was making a funny play on words. That's it. That's it. Is your mandible your jaw? Is a mandible a bell? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's a mandible. I think it's your jaw. That's what my is it guess someone is. someone named Amanda Bell? Okay, sorry. That's it. I'm done. Mandible. Yeah, I think I'm you going might be with right. jaw. Mandible bone. Yeah, jaw bone. Good job. So she hears the laugh and she says, oh, crap. And she is like, we're doing this. I guess we're actually doing this. And he yelled, drive, Toby, drive. And he reached his hand out, which kind of reminded me of The Shining or something. He's like, here's Johnny. Oh, yeah. Um, So she's or like American Horror Story when that hand comes out of the mattress. Oh, in hotel. Yeah, Yeah, we can't talk about that. I like that. So they traveled on backcountry roads at night, but they got lost and he was mad at her. And this was the first time she saw like a dark side of him. And he said, why did I bring you along if you can't figure out the directions? Which I thought was, oh, that's rich, John, because you didn't bring her along. She brought you along. (laughs) She broke you out of prison. Mm -hmm. And also it's rude. That's just rude, John. And I almost felt bad for Toby at that moment too because they show a clip of her driving at that moment she just looks so sad driving and i'm picturing him yelling at her and she's like i made a huge mistake oh god he doesn't love me he's being mean to me and i've done all this work and took out my life savings and left my family and he's yelling at me so sad so they get to the cabin and he was sweet and caring again now we get to the lovemaking i don't know why i get so uncomfortable they didn't say that and you never get uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable because this is not fun. She, I think I seem uncomfortable because Andrea seemed uncomfortable. You described those blood relatives in great detail. <laughs> but this one, no. No, man. So Andrea says, like, what was it like being alone with him for the first time? And she says it was beautiful and wonderful. And the best part of our relationship was when we were intimate. And Andrea says, you were finally able to share a bed together like she doesn't even know how to finish the well, sentence. that was nice that was a good way to put that share Andrea. a bed together yeah yeah i probably would have just made a hand gesture so i think that's good you know but, and and yeah. so on the business the business yeah on a scale from one to ten how much is bridges of madison county toby's favorite <laughs> movie yeah 100%. like a ten yeah. okay all right yeah toby says she felt loved and treasured and worthy again this is so sad It's so sad. I know she did horrible things and everyone on the internet hates her most likely, but I still felt really bad for her. And she, cause she felt invisible and now she found, I don't know. 
she said it was all worth it at that moment. Like leaving my family, everything felt like it was all worth it in that moment. And they spent the next couple days passing the time playing board games and playing cards and over romantic dinners by candlelight. They planned new identities. They were going to start over maybe in Boston, but she had made the mistake. She had given the car dealership the address of the cabin. She was wicked dumb. (laughs) Andrea says, that's like what a dumb criminal would do. And then Andrea says, no offense. Oh, Andrea. She's trying. She's trying. No, offense. but it is. It's a stupid. It's the stupid move. It that's is going to get really you caught. Yeah. yeah. So they also were going all over town, running errands. They went to a steakhouse. They bought a guitar. They went to a movie. I really want to know what movie they saw. Bridges of Madison County. Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> and we they went to the mall. And they're leaving the parking lot. And there's a police car blocking the exit. And Toby says, "Oh, there must be a wreck up ahead." And John says. Oh, baby, this is all for us. Toby, that's when I want to. I'm worried about you. He thinks he's Bonnie and Clyde or John Dillinger. No, but she doesn't even occur to her. No. You broke this man out of prison. It might be for you. She's just like in a dream world. Uh Uh-huh. That's sad. I'm just with my boyfriend. We're going to the mall. So they're being chased by police. And Toby says she was in a vortex. She couldn't hear anything. She could only hear the helicopters. Her words are very strange. She is very strange. But she makes it seem like she was in this dream-like thing where it was... I I mean, I, I really don't feel like she has been in her right mind for quite a while. And now it's all coming to a head. Again, no excuses. So... John drives crazy, and then we're seeing this on dash cam. He drives across the median, and he loses control. He swerves off the road, and they're heading at a tree at 100 miles per hour. And she thinks, please just let me die because I can't deal with this. And she's kind of tearing up. She has been suicidal at several points in her life and will continue to be. That's how you know she's not in her right mind. Yeah. Like, this is all kind of final stuff that she's doing. Are they in a white Bronco? <laughs> no, it was a truck, I think. Oh, okay. maybe it was a white Bronco. No, it was a truck. I think. It was going a lot faster than that chase. It definitely was. But it was like, really? But they don't crash. They glide to a halt like a leaf floating down a stream. I don't know, something that glides gently. And John says, I got to get out of the car, baby, or they're going to shoot me. I love you. And he gets out of the car and they arrest him. So then she's arrested. She said, I was a criminal and I was treated like a criminal. But she was also treated like a celebrity kind of like people asking her, why did you do this? Was this for love? And she's saying, I don't want to talk about it. And John gets 10 years tacked onto his life sentence, which does nothing. So his ghost has to serve more years in prison. Well, what are they supposed to do? What are they going to do to him? What is it going to do? Well, you got to like take away things that he has in prison. Like rewards or things. I'm sure some stuff happened to him, too. I hope so. But I'm sure also he was treated like the man because he escaped. That's true. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you and the dog lady. So he writes a letter to a reporter and tells her he doesn't like how he's being portrayed as this master manipulator. And he forced Toby to do this. He said, I love Toby with all that I was. And if I had manipulated her, why would I have stayed with her after the escape? And here's where I'm going to say, but if you really loved her, you would have said it was all you. There you go. If you really loved Toby. Right. John, you would have said, I coerced her. 
this was on me and you and her would have made that plan before that you were going to fall on your sword for her because the only thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to get 10 years for your ghost. You know that. But she has a lot to lose and she's going to lose a lot more and she has a chance to maybe go back and fake it with her family. I mean, you would have to do some sort of Stockholm syndrome and that's why she had done all this pre-planning stuff that he was telling her to do. Maybe he was threatening her family, something like that. And that's why she went along with it. There's a lot of things that could have gotten her off of this. I don't know how hard they would have pushed. Hello, our ransom episode from Patreon. There's lots of ways they could have spun this. They definitely could have done that. And if he had really loved her, he would have done that and made sure that that plan was ready to go into operation if they got caught. Now, do you think he stayed with her after the escape for money and he needed her help? Yes. Okay, that's what I think, too. I think he did care for her, though. I do think he cared for her in a weird way. Yeah, because I think as much as he's able to care, I don't know how much caring he's able to do. But I think you I think everyone's underestimating the mom thing. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. So Toby tells Andrea, I know I betrayed so many people's trust and love. I let down the people who supported the dog program. I let down the prison staff. I let my family down. And I was like, Toby. Next time you're being interviewed, mention your family first, not the dog people. She's really mad at her family. Jeez. She needs to talk about that with someone to better help. She, she's mad at them. She has a lot of resentment from her family for not treating her well. For being invisible. Uh-huh. It hurt her. You can see that it like hurt her mm-hmm. over time. And this part of this is her wanting to hurt them, whether consciously or unconsciously, she wants to hurt them. So That's very astute. She spoke to her husband once and he said, you've ruined my life. Don't ever talk to me again. That makes sense. That's fair. He didn't talk to Dateline, but he did tell the bearded ginger that he never took her for granted. And he thought the marriage was fine, which leads me to believe that he did take her for granted and that she was invisible to him. I know. I feel so bad. I was like, don't say that, man. If you thought that everything was fine, then you were missing some signs. Then you weren't paying attention. You weren't paying attention to her or her feelings, which happens all the time. I'm not saying he deserved to have this happen to him. but Also, again, sometimes lock boxes are hard to open. So it's very possible that she wasn't telling him what her needs were. Like, do you, did you ever see Hannah, Hannah and her sisters? Yeah. When Mia Farrow does that speech to Michael Caine about like, he's like, you don't need anything from me. And she's like, I have tremendous need. And he's like, I can't see it from you. So Mm -hmm. maybe she was doing that kind of thing where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, everything's fine. And so Mm -hmm. he didn't know how much in pain she was because she wasn't telling him. And instead, she's just like building that resentment. I read an article years ago about a five-year renewable marriage, something like that. Five years. I can't remember what the top amount of time was. And it was like a contract. And every five years, you literally decide, are we going to stay married? And it keeps you on your game. It keeps you wanting to be nice to the other person, not take each other for granted because you don't want them to leave you. You want to be nice to them and, you know, do nice things, stay romantic time with them. But it was actually very interesting. Did it say anything about a five-year contract for a friendship? No, you want to re, is it time to re-up or cut, <laughs> cut bait? I'll be expecting a box of cupcakes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I owe you four bears and a balloon. That's four bears in one balloon. They're attached. (laughs) I gotcha. Quad. Okay. So they divorce by the time, thank God, they should have divorced many years ago. They divorced 
the day before she starts her prison sentence. So she gets 27 months behind bars, which is not a lot. They're trying to make that seem long. That's a little over two years. Yeah, it's not that long. Longer than I thought she was going to get. I didn't think she was going to get that much. I was shocked that it was so short, but then I felt like the thing is, if someone could have died in that prison chase and they did spend probably hundreds of thousands of dollars on resources looking for them and he could have killed someone when he was out, you know, and you helped him get out. So I think if any of those things had happened, she would have gotten a lot more. But I do think that's a very, very short amount of time. I mean, you go in for a weed for more than that. Like that's that's crazy. Only two years. It just also occurred to me that they had those guns. I'm wondering if there was also because of her bringing up self-harm multiple times. Do we think that there was a suicide pact between them? But just because they got caught in the car where they didn't happen to have the gun. Do you think that if we had been at like they had caught them at the cabin, there would have been like a shootout situation? I don't know. Maybe. You'll never take me alive, Capos. Yeah. Maybe. They do a thumb on Louise. Yeah, I could see that. Could be. They did cross state lines with those guns and with a felon. That has to be worth more time. Anyways, just two years. I don't know. So in that, those two years, she is put on suicide watch three times. So she still obviously has, she's feeling the fallout from that. Is she seeing a prison psychiatrist? Oh, oh yes. No, she did. Dateline producer tweeted that she did see a therapist in prison. Yes. I hope she currently is. She seems like she might be because she's able to talk about this pretty openly mm-hmm. without breaking down. Yeah. So uh, she gets some letters, love letters from John in prison. How are why? How are they allowed to communicate? Should there not be some sort of ban on their them ever talking again? Maybe he had them sent from a different inmate. Maybe. Oh, but they read the mail. Yeah, they read huh. the mail. He says, I wish I could ride in on my white horse and rescue you, mom. I mean, Toby. He doesn't say mom. And then she wrote back, I've decided to take Kimber's advice and be my own Prince Charming, John. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have a nice life. See you next summer. Don't believe in the fairy tale. When she gets out of prison, she tries to reconnect with her family. It does not go well. Yeah, no. Her youngest son is dying of cancer which is God almighty. And she goes to give him a hug at the hospital and he says, no, but she says, you know, I love you and I've always loved you. And he says, yeah, I know you love me, but he won't let her hug. But at least they have a moment. At least they had some sort of moment. But Andrea kind of jabs the knife in a little further. And she says, so it wasn't all worth it. Losing your fan. Like the D in the cabin. Was it worth it? Was it that amazing? Now we're thinking not so much. She said she's written letters to a bunch of people that she's hurt and most didn't write back. But guess who did? The warden. And so they set up a meeting between them, socially distanced, outside the prison. He's no longer the warden now. So he's retired. So don't meet at the prison. Is there no other street in this town? When they mean prison town, they mean it's a prison and there's four houses. It's a block. It's Yeah. I kind of was shipping them. Like, that would be the greatest redemption story ever. I was, too. I was, too, actually, in this one. I was like, oh, maybe. Maybe. maybe she betrayed him, the ultimate betrayal, and then he forgives her, and then they fall in love. And then she's finally seen. She's not invisible anymore. Because he knows what she's capable of. Oh, mm, That's 
I don't know. Okay. So she apologizes. No. She said, I betrayed your trust and I'm so sorry. And he's, he basically says, I appreciate that. It's going to help me move forward. And, but you do have a lot of other people you need to make it up to, too. Who's he talking about? I think he's talking about the family, maybe the other prison workers. I don't know. The dog people. Why does he need to say that? Just accept your apology and move on. He could. If it's like someone doing a 12 step apology, like he is. He basically just says, thanks. But there's a million other people you still have to apologize to. Well, they're not talking to me, warden. So you're the best I got. So let me do this. Like pulls out a letter. I mean, I really thought he was just going to say, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've moved on. I wish you the best. And instead, he's like, there's lots of other people you better be talking to also. Okay, but hear hear me out. Maybe it's one of those things where you feel like you need to keep talking and maybe you should Yes, I kind of felt like that. Yeah. But you kind of keep talking. You're like, crap. Uh, That's not great. Because he doesn't say in a mean way. He's like, and there's probably, I'm sure, other people that hopefully you can talk to and then move forward. And then all of you can have closure and you'll move forward together with those other people, too. So he kind of just talks. Andrea asks Toby, do you blame John Maynard for this? And she says no, because if I blame him, then I'm a victim and I'm not a victim. So she's totally taking accountability. I do think she's partially in denial and she was heavily manipulated by him. But I also think she's responsible for her own actions. And it's good that she's taking accountability and not thinking of herself like a victim. She's definitely in therapy. Yeah, she's definitely in therapy. Good. But I do think at least a percentage she was taken advantage of. She was vulnerable and taken advantage of. But again, no excuses for her actions that she made willingly. Right. It's a complex, tricky situation. So she decides to go see John one more time in prison to move past it. Why? Don't do that. Closure? I don't know. She says it's been 10 years since the escape. She goes to visit him in prison. Can you imagine the security in that room? They had one of the most infamous breakouts ever. And then they're meeting together. They searched her hardcore to make sure she wasn't smuggling anything in. She was like handcuffed to another person. It's one of those kind of situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said it was good closure for her. She said she got some missing pieces that she got to put in there. So I don't know totally what she means by that, but I thought that, that was interesting. Oh, she probably had like, yeah, questions. Mm-hmm. And now that she's thinking about it more clearly. Yeah. And what I'm hoping is they just ran out of stuff to talk about. Yeah, maybe. The like the end was just like, so do you think you're getting enough to eat? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That it just turns into that. I don't know. She's remarried happily. What? That's a what? she's she and not to the warden omg it was the omg moment for me i was like i'm sorry who's this guy yeah there's someone for everyone that's all i'm gonna say i said the internet is vast so she moved out of what happened was i saw an extra video from dateline she couldn't get a job in kansas because everywhere she went people would point at her she tried to get hired by people who would hire inmates or former inmates and they wouldn't hire her because she was too infamous too well known would draw too much attention to their program so she moved out of state she ended up getting two master's degrees and she was studying out of state or doing so no she got a job she eight months she was working as a graphic designer for some company and that's where she met her new husband and they got married and they moved back to kansas near her family now she has a husband And she probably just flicks off anyone who stares at her in a restaurant. 
because she doesn't give an F. I knew she dressed too nice. She's had a glow up. Yeah. So she has, she's also an author now. She has a series of workbooks that help formerly incarcerated women to help them move on after prison called Butterflies Unleashed. But why does Andrea not say that? Andrea says it's called Unleash. I think that one was called Butterflies Unleashed, but they're probably all something unleashed. So people were not happy on Twitter that she was making money off of her ordeal. But I do think there's a need for people getting out of prison and helping them reacclimate and not going back into the system and all of that stuff. Her message is kind of cool. She wants to free these women from their emotional prisons. She said, you can't ignore the change, the need for change until you become desperate and then you make the wrong change and everything explodes in my head, which is what I did. She says, acknowledge that you need to change and do it in a healthy way instead of what I did. I thought that was nice. I think that is nice. I think that's a good lesson. So I I had no problem with her writing these workbooks. I think it's fine. I don't think she, it's not a memoir about her ordeal. Correct. That would have been a problem. Which would be a different story. This is like, she got master's degrees and she is trying to help people. And also, this is something that she's going to know really well because of, according to what you said, how difficult a time she had after she got out of prison. The recidivism rate is so big. I don't know if it's as big for women as it is for men, but like it's a problem because you're not set up to succeed when you get out. You're set up to fail when you get out. So she's just trying to help them. And also free women in any situation that feel trapped in their lives, that they're being taken advantage of, that they're not being appreciated. Don't go rob a bank and destroy your whole life, there are other healthier choices that you can make to better your life. Yeah, it's really... Mm. Yeah. This episode is someone who has broken out of the prison of my heart, broken into my prison heart walls because they're a Patreon. They have broken in. They've done a break-in to the cell doors that are clang shut, usually around my heart, for being a Patreon. And her name is Karen B., Karen B. She's a good Karen. Oh, God. She has redeemed all other Karens. We shall no longer use the name Karen in a bad way because of how wonderful this Karen is. I like that. Thank you so much, Karen. Karen, I hope you feel seen and appreciated because you are by us. Yes, correct. Also. You have a thing? No, I was just trying to think of something else. Oh, did you want to keep going with the with the prison analogy? Steel bars wrapped around me. <laughs> I've been your prison since the day you found me. That's for you, Karen B. Karen. Got some good old Michael Bolton for you. And if I get include music in this episode, I'd do it for you. But instead, you just have to deal with me singing it. We appreciate you, Karen, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And all of our patrons, thank you so much. Okay, so we had said last week we had come up with the idea of doing Real Housewives intros for a character. Did you remember? Yeah, I got it. Okay, yours is going to be so much better than mine. No, it's not. Mine isn't that good. I feel like I could do better, but I just had this one theme stuck in my head, so I went with that. Okay, what's yours? Do you want to do yours first? Sure. I have, but you have to do the over you the shoulder. You have to do the spin around, and you're, you're, you look over your shoulder, and you face the camera. God. I wish I had a spinny chair. Anyways, my hot young boyfriend did the time, so I'm committing the crime. Okay, that's not bad. Okay, thanks. That's not bad. What you got? She spins and she says, Mm -hmm. in this season, I'm the breakout star. Oh, that's very good. Excellent. 
And obviously these are both Toby. Let's just yeah, these are both Toby. Clear. Yeah. Um, so let's do B-roll Bonanza. We had the warden looking pensively. We had lots of photos of the prisoners with dogs and Toby so many dogs. puppies, just pup, pup, puppies. Yeah, wanted them all. Sorry, and these are not actual puppies; they're dogs. I did not see a one was an actual puppy, but most were big dogs. I did not see a puppy, and I looked. Where was the puppy, and what kind was it? It was a puppy with Toby, and it was a little black and white puppy. That was a puppy. I think so. I saw a grown-up black and white dog with him. Okay. No, she had a big black and white dog. That must be what I photo. Okay. Yeah, I did like that dog. I think they had no other outdoor B-roll shots because it was so cold. I think it was literally too cold to walk by a body of water. Why did they do the warden through the blinds or whatever? They were shooting him like around a corner. Did you see that one shot where it's like there's a black wall here and a black wall here and the camera like pans <laughs> over and then you see the warden's face and then it disappears again? <laughs> what was that? I like that. That's very Hitchcockian. Was the warden in his own prison? Like what What was that supposed to represent? Yeah, emotional prison. That's the theme of the episode. It's very strange. Yeah. Also, we get Bob on the phone, the brother-in-law, Cappy. Oh, getting the calls? No, no, he's scrolling on a phone. Oh, he's looking on a phone. I did see that, and I thought, I'm impressed he knows how to use a smartphone. Why? Because he's wearing a Cappy? Yeah, a little. He's dapper. I know, I don't know why. He's not that. Why don't we get him talking after halfway through the episode is the question. Yeah, he have some not nice things to say about Well, it's Toby? like when they realized what was happening... Yeah. Way they they were they were done with the family. The family was done with the dateline. We get him only in exposition. Yeah, in the beginning. We she was great. She was a great big sister. We thought she was in danger. And then we cut to we get the call. Everyone is shocked. But is the brother talking to her? I feel like she may have repaired or be trying to repair with her brother. We hear that she wrote letters to some people. Very few wrote back. And the warden was one of them. But I do feel like the brother probably wrote back. Yeah, me too. Yeah. One of the brothers of seven of them. Yeah. Oof. He seems like he's forgiven her. He appeared or, on Dateline. Yeah, he Must did have. appear on the Dateline. Yeah. With the what cat. else? Brand's unhappy being on Dateline and now associated with murder, except there's no murder. With jailbreaks? Sprint. Oh, okay. Walmart. Cabello's. Cabello's. Target. Target. I don't know what Cabello's is. It sounds like an Italian restaurant, so I can't really get around it that it's a hiking store. I feel like we've been through this before. I feel like this is going to be really good press for dog puppy prisoner outreach programs. Well, clearly, look at you. It worked for me. I gave it a bing. So it's it's doing something. The buzz is out there. It's working, Toby. If that was your ultimate goal, to get people to You did to pay something attention. good, Toby. Look at that. A puppy might find a home. Let's talk Joan Rivers Fashion Police. Let's talk about Toby's patterned plaid poncho thing mm -hmm. and maybe Warby Parker glasses. Maybe. She was fancier than I expected. Uh, she's clearly doing just fine. Yeah. Let's put it that way. She's very put together in both the sit down interview and the outdoor. Yep. Her hair yeah. was good. She looks cute. This looks like the kind of weather where you wear the big, ugly overcoat. And she was like, nope, I'm wearing a very heavy down parka under this adorable plaid poncho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -mm. Andrea in a pink leather moto jacket, motorcycle jacket. I love that. It was cute. But yeah. I really liked the pale blue. That look was my favorite yeah. of Andrea's. Always. Yeah. That's her color. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Titles. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Mine are not good. 
I don't know if mine are very good either. Let me see. Butterflies Unleashed. The Dog Lady and the Ginger. Yeah, I had gingerbread something. Redheaded Flags. Redheaded Flags. Okay. Like red flags. Oh, my. Not a title specifically, but I feel like interviews on Dateline with someone when they have gotten out of prison should be called off the cuff interviews because they're they're out of their handcuffs. That's very good. Can that be a thing? It's good. We'll keep workshopping it. No, no, it's done. It's already done. That's all I had. I really didn't do. I was so excited about off the cuff. I was like, that's my I've done my work. I think off the cuff is excellent. What about the unquenchable thirst? Oh, my God. I wrote that before you had said it. And then I had love during lockup. There we go. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) that's it. I love it. I love it. Okay. We actually have Twitter because this was a real new episode that we did. It's been a long time. It's been so long. Drummer, the Dateline dog, who is Dateline Dogs, who is our friend Natalie Bannon, who we love, said, white horse, I bet a bowl of my dog food because it was Drummer, her dog that was tweeting. I bet a bowl of my dog food that Kimberly is going to sing Taylor Swift. Should I do it? Should I? Do I have to take the dog food if I don't do it? What Taylor's? What Taylor Swift song? White Horse. I the only White Horse song I know is by Goldfrapp. Explain Taylor Swift White Horse. I'm not your princess. This ain't a fairy tale. I'm gonna find someone somewhere who might actually treat me well. Is that about John Mayer? It's possible. Okay. Very good. She wrote it when she was like 19. She's very good. Is it about a Jonas brother? Did she date a Jonas? She did date a Jonas. <laughs> that was a guess. Wow. Okay. Pat on the back. That was good. <laughs> Anna said, this episode is perfect for a better health ad. <laughs> yes, it is. And apostrophe, but no, too late. Your lamb who ha- was just on Twitter fire. There are like a disproportionate percentage of redheads in this Dateline episode. I feel like Date Dateline should work this into the alternative titles. Oh, sorry. Well, you did. I tried with gingerbread and it got nowhere. But wait a minute. The ginger, the reporter, fashion police, t-shirt with a blazer. Thoughts? I want to hear about it. Oh, I'm okay. T-shirt with a blazer. T-shirt with a sport coat. Honestly, all I saw was his overwhelming beard. He was like very casual vintage t-shirt with like a sport coat over the Oh, top. that's fine. That's like hipster casual. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah, he's a journalist. I feel like that's... If he was in a button-up shirt, I would think that his mom made him wear it. Or he had like a lot of respect for Dateline? <laughs> Is that what you would feel like? Because sometimes I would feel like that. <laughs> it's all right. No, it wouldn't look right. Like I can't picture him in a suit. I literally don't think he owns a suit. No, he owns that sport coat with the elbow patches. Yeah. Natalie, again, as drummer of the dog, I have a feeling Date Dateline is going to have something to say about this guy's hat. It's a capper. Cappy. Cappy. And we like it. Stay tuned for the end when I give my giant theory on Andy Cap cartoon. Yeah. And just the history of hats. Just no one. <laughs> everyone's going to tune out. They're going to be like, boo. No. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Our friend Liz listened to every single podcast she could find about Toby and was just obsessed with her and was hoping the internet would be kind to her. And it, it wasn't. So I was hope I hope that we were okay. We were kind about her. We were very, I feel like we were okay. Well, I don't have hard feelings towards her. I She made a big mistake. How much, you know, she did time for it. Maybe should have done a little bit more. Mm-hmm. She did mess up her family, but they didn't kill anyone. And we see a lot of killing on this show. Yeah, it's true. So I don't know. It's true. Bridget Gray said, and here I thought my midlife crisis would be to wear backless dresses at 53. 
Oh, do that. Do that. Do that. But your lamb said, tell me the warden and Toby are in love now. I wish. Right? Everyone. Everyone thought it. Yeah. Your lamb said, Canning should wait until her eight kids are teenagers like Toby's were and then see if she could say bye to her kids. It's a great point. Oh, boy. That's going to be. Yeah. Good luck, Andrea. Six kids, teenagers. Oh, my God. Does she have like a sister living with her? Does she have someone else to take the brunt of the? Okay. Because so many teens. I know. Right now, they're all cute kids. Jackie said something that was so smart. Jackie A, who bet that John set up that guy to accost Toby so that he could come in and rescue her? (gasps) Is that not so smart? Was that one of the questions that Toby had when she went back to meet him 10 years later? I had like, did she need to know that it was all a setup from the beginning? I feel like she I don't know if she would have mentioned that on Dateline. No, I don't think so. She maybe wouldn't have told that story. I I think it makes her look even dumber. But you know what? This is literally the plot of when Peggy Hill on King of the Hill sneaks in cocaine as boggle tournament sand in the hourglass. And then he has another inmate try to get rough with Peggy. And then he's like, don't do that. She's my boggle teacher. And then she's like, oh, swoon. You're such a gentleman. It's literally what happens. Forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot. And just like Peggy Hill, we learned from Dateline producer that Toby was given an orientation about how to not get manipulated by prisoners. It's an orientation class that happens every year. It should be biweekly. Hope it's moved up in frequency since this happened. How often does the dog lady come to the prison? Is this like a twice a month? No, I think it's probably a week, every week at least. Hmm. Okay. Your lamb. Andrea looks cold as SH and Toby looks like she lives in the woods like that big hairy guy from Harry Potter. Hagrid? Yeah. She is bundled up. She's ready. Yeah. And Andrea's just shaking. And Toby's like, I'm from, I live here. This is nothing. I feel like the weather turned and Andrea was not prepared. It was I feel like she would be prepared. Yeah. 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 mm -mm. Dateline producer said Toby got her degree while raising two kids. Somehow she found the time for various hobbies. She made stained glass windows, porcelain dolls whose clothes she sewed as well. She quilted, gardened, and rode horseback. And she played the mandolin. Mandible. She played the mandible? (laughs) I thought her life was so unfilled. She does more stuff than I do. We said that she needed a hobby. She has too many hobbies. She can't focus on them. But she didn't have passion. Yeah, she didn't have passion. There we go. This is just so so surprising. She needs to start a club for one of those hobbies and meet like-minded people who are out of prison. Okay. Dayline producer said, among other things they found were guitars, beach clothing, sheet. You're not going to believe this. I don't know if you're ready for this. Sheet rock? What? Sheet music to Oh Brother Where Art Thou, a prison break song. Have you seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah. <laughs> I know we think it's for him. I think he got it. He had he got the guitar for him. I think he th- thinks he was so cool. No, I think she bought it for him as like a hilarious present. This is her movie. This is her Bridges of Madison County. No, but he was the one cocky smirking when they're driving on the freeway. And they bought the guitar. You think he's seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? That's a good point. Do they watch that in prison? Do they watch movies with... No, I think he was in prison after that. Oh, Brother Where Art Thou is really old. Do you think he watched that at 15? 
No, probably not. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. But I wasn't done yet. Okay, go ahead. Sex toys. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, that's not that's unsurprising. Survival gear, cell phones, yeah. and a blue parakeet. One of the marshals, the U.S. marshals, adopted the parakeet and named it Maynard. That's funny. It's really funny, a right? Parakeet. Parakeet. Yeah. Oh, they had a pet. Yeah. A bird. Birds are noisy. They would draw attention. Yeah. Get something quiet like a snake. Felicia said. Sorry, future loves. There's not enough love in me to wait for you if you end up in prison, let alone help you escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Molly took the truck for a test drive and she put John on the phone from his prison cell to talk to the salesman of the truck. To maybe to make sure she was getting a good deal. I'm going to put my boyfriend on the line. He's in prison. Wow. He used an alias, Mark West. Mark West. Very simple. Okay. And she used Molly Rose. Molly Rose and Mark West. So Mark West and Molly Rose come in. No, I'm super suspicious. (laughs) Those are Of those two people. Yeah. Yeah, Those aren't their names. Yeah. And clearly I'm fantastic said they talked for 200 hours and texted 1200 times. Oh my gosh. And he's in prison and she's married and I can't even get a text back. That's it. I'm just going to go feed my cats. (laughs) I hear that. I hear that. And I raise you a cat. These all people who have so active of love lives. And I'm just thinking, where do they find the time? And she remarried. Where do they find the energy? Why? I'm single. Why? I'm not getting these men texting me thousands of times. You're not trying. So, but she wasn't trying either. So again, right place, right time. But just be careful. Yeah. Don't do prison programs while you're looking. I did. We have said that that would be my ideal mate because- I don't have to see them that often. I no. get a lot of me time and don't have to worry about other girls. You have to worry about other things. And you have to worry about other things. Yeah, that's true. You like George on Seinfeld. He couldn't wait to date a prison gal. He knows where she is all the time. She's not doing the dreaded pop in. Hey, I popped in. Let's go see a movie. You don't have to deal with that nonsense. I think that could work for me. Sorry, I just keep thinking of prison Mike. <laughs> And the dementors. You really want me to push you up against the wall? Be- hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's how we talk in the clink. And the gruel. And the dementors. <laughs> oh, Prison Mike. I love it so much. Thank you guys for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. And please check us out on Patreon where we have extra episodes and lots of fun stuff. Uh, follow us on social media because it's really fun. Other fun stuff there too. Just fun across the board. We have like a great family community that are all Dateline lovers and we all talk about fun stuff. It's like a really fun community, especially on Twitter. So come on over. Come on over. Come on over, baby. Who's that? Christina. There we go. (laughs) Thank you. And take care of each other. Be kind to each other. Happy Pride Month to all of our beloved LGBTQIA plus. Folks, happy Pride. Happy Pride. And take care of yourselves. And if you're feeling blocked like you're in an emotional prison, break out rationally. Ask for help. Don't self-implode. Don't take 20 years to decide to do something. Don't open all the boxes at once. Let's open them one by one. Yeah, with the help of a licensed therapist. Love it. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Do you know the comic strip Andy Cap? It's really old, like from the 20s. Maybe. You know, he has that hat on. Is that where that's from?
Is that why that's called a cap? I don't know. I think I may have just like solved a lot of things. So just. That did not need to be solved. <laughs> but, but they are. So now we can all sleep better. A little better tonight. <laughs> it was it's keeping good. me up. <laughs> I was sleeping the other night and I woke up and I was like, oh, that was should have been my title. I was driving in the car when I had my epiphany about my Real Housewives line. Is either one of these going to be worth adding it to the episode? It better flip and be. Okay. Real Real Housewives line. It's not that different. Okay. So that's why it's a slight change, but I feel like it makes all the difference. Okay. Reminder, my line before was, my boyfriend's doing the time, so I committed a crime. Okay. Here's what the line needs to be. Okay. All right. Turn around. Turn around. Spin, spin, spin. Over the shoulder. My boyfriend's doing the time, but looking this good is a crime. There we go. Okay. Come yeah, on. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's the smallest yeah. change. And I was right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? 30 more seconds, Katie? Yeah. We couldn't have yeah. hit that nail on the head? No. Yeah. Anyways, you agree. That's It's better. It's a notch up for sure. Appreciate it. Let's hear this title. Toby and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Midlife Crisis. That's great. Okay. Thanks. And we haven't used it. We've ne- which is kind of weird. We've done a lot of titles. I feel like this is the most extreme midlife crisis we've literally ever had on this show, including the people who murder their spouses. Agreed. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. That's it, everybody. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye.